0: Well, hello, everybody. Welcome once again to the Nefesh podcast. This is episode 14. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining in and participating. Um, and uh, I'm enjoying dialoguing with you and with others. Um, as we as we really reflect upon the depths of our soul, which is really the depths of our hum- humanity, our humanness, everything that makes us who we are as people, and in the Christian faith, our belief, our strong and passionate belief that we are made in the image of God, this imago Dei, as it is is in Latin, the understanding that our value and our worth comes not from others and humans, but comes from the reality, from this fact that we are made, that we believe that we are made in his image, that he created us and fashioned us in His image, and that our soul is really the essence of who we are, and that soul, as is all parts of our being, is so important that, that every day that our lives matter beyond just the things that we do or um, the reality of our daily existence, that there is more to us and to our lives than often what we can see. I've recently moved and, and bought a house, and uh, I am, am truly learning the stress of being a homeowner. And I, I think I've shared before that there have been some several several cats who have adopted me. Now I have yet to allow these cats into my house, although other people have predicted that eventually they will make it into my house. No, they will not. That is where I draw the line. Uh, in fact, one of my family members has said that she will not ever come visit me if those cats make it in the house. So I promise they will not. But And everybody has, has their opinion and their advice on what to do to get rid of these cats. Some have suggested, you know, getting a, a BB gun and kind of taking care of those cats, which I would never do. I can't even fathom that idea. Some have suggested other things like, I don't know, calling animal control, or some have uh, even today, we're just suggesting mothballs or putting a little bleach in water or whatever it might be. Um, I, I have, have yet to do any of those extreme things and these cats, these, you know, they just, they like to hang around me. Um, and yes, I have given in and fed them, but that's only because uh, the person who sold me the house was actually feeding them first. And I know once you fed a cat, they're there, You're they're, they're yours. Um, one of these cats I think was left over by the previous people who were renting this house. And so um, it, it seems to know the house pretty well. And it seems to, I don't think it's a feral cat, meaning I don't think it just kind of was born and raised in the wild. I think it, I think it was left behind, which, you know, makes me feel sad for it. Um, But it's very, very nice. It's, it just, and it whines until I tell it to stop whining or it uh, uh, gives up and goes away or I shut the door and it, it kind of leaves me alone. But very, very, very incredibly needy, but very, very, you know, cute and cuddly and I, I, again I've, I've yet to like pick it up and and let it just hang out in my lap but I will stop and pet it and just kind of you know stroke its chin and it just immediately just lays down on its back and just loves it it doesn't scratch one of my nieces clomped on its tail and uh it, all it did was squeal it didn't fight back or or scratch her so it's It's, it's a very, you know, easy going cat, unless you're trying to take its food and you're another cat, then it'll hiss at you, but it doesn't swipe, you know, and uh, lies on its back and just wants to be just petted and, and stroked forever and would, would, you know, essentially love to do that all day and all night. Um, But the other cats that, that have come around, they have, seen that I have been feeding the this one cat um, they have decided that they also would like to be fed and so um, the, somehow these uh, what looks to be probably a male really really big looks like I don't know looks like it could be a tomcat or like a bobcat but probably a male cat a bigger cat Um, not as, not as, um, doesn't necessarily come up to me unless it, I, it knows I have food. It every once in a while will let me pet it, but it always kind of jerks back and and looks at me like, what are you about to do? Um, and then there's another skinnier cat, which I think is the, is the female. So I think those, I don't know how cats work, but I think those two cats are together. I think they're like husband and wife, you know, married cats. They, I, I think they're together. And, uh, this, this other gray cat that, that was there before and, and is the one that probably is an inside cat and loves to be pet. Um, it, it's, it's territorial. Like this is, it's not really a part of that other family, but, but it kind of lets the other cats hang around unless again, they're eating its food. Um, but these other two cats, I think, I think have produced babies, kittens, because uh, about a month ago, I walked outside my front door and and it was during the day and it was as if I surprised them, but they surely surprised me because out pop out, you know, out pop up five small kittens and they kind of looked at me and then scampered away. And I was happened to be on the, the phone with my little niece and I was like, what in the world am I gonna do with kittens? I was saying that half to myself, like, oh my goodness, I have created a whole cat, uh, catopia, right? Like this somehow, what have I done? And my little niece, you know, on the phone, she says, well, you know, give them food and water and don't let them in the house. As if it was that simple, right? She's half interested as she's watching her shows on on her iPad. Um, But it was very sound advice. And so I have continued to do that and not let them in the house. But so I've got these eight cats now. Unfortunately, two kittens have have disappeared, and I, I I'm actually scared to think what what has happened to them. But it is I, I guess the unfortunate reality of being a cat in this very very big world, or a kitten. Um, but previously, before these two cat, these two small kittens haven't been around. I've, I've somehow managed to have these eight cats. Well, as I've started to to um, try to keep them out of various places and and keep them to a certain limit i can handle them to a certain extent you know don't don't get in my house and don't make a mess everywhere and don't keep me up all night and we'll be good i'll we'll set some boundaries here these are my boundaries i'm not sure what to do with you yet i'm not going to be cruel and keep food from you but i'm also not going to let you, you know, just take over. So I've had to set up a perimeter around my house because they've been digging underneath it. They, as feral cats, they want food and shelter. And I know the first mistake was food, but it's, what's done is done. And so the other, you know, mistake is you don't want to give them shelter. So I keep them out of the house and, and um, I have had to put up dirt and other rocks around the perimeter of my house because they have dug underneath and I've got this pretty big crawl space underneath that's maybe 2 feet high and so the other day I was you know getting out the getting out the sod and I was building up around where they had dug underneath and and I thought I thought I had gotten all of them out you can see where this is going. I thought that they were. I hadn't seen some of them around, and it was during the day, and I thought surely they're not there. So I'm putting up sod around, and I'm putting these little bricks uh, on top of it to keep to keep them from from tunneling under my house and and causing a ruckus and you know other things. We you know that's just that's the limit. Not under, not in my house. Well, the other day, as I, it was actually the other night, as I was outside, I hear this meow. And it's distinct from the other cats that were, you know, getting fed. And I walk, I I turn around and I I look at this vent that is in this, uh, on the exterior of this crawl space. And sure enough, there is a cat looking at me from the crawl space and meowing at me basically saying, I want food too. It was, it had gotten stuck under the crawl space. It, it as I started to fill in these holes and put up, um, put up brick around it, it, instead of jumping out and trying to get out and escape, it had gotten scared and just, you know, probably darted back under, way back underneath. And so, and it, it had been several days uh, since I had done that uh before it before it kind of made its presence known i had heard various you know meows and i thought you know is it possible that there's one or two or there's some kitties down there but i didn't hear anything really loud i i you know sounds really awful to say i didn't smell anything yet i i i was you know again hoping that i had managed to get them all out but here there was this this cat and so I I started to, you know, get really worried. I I went and it's dark outside. It's very dark where I am. I got a flashlight and, and I, I opened up the crawl space and I got the flashlight out and I see the cat. Now this is the, I'm assuming the male daddy cat and it's all the way at the back and it sees me and it's just kind of looking at me. And I realize I have got to get this cat out. Now, what I have in my very brief research on cats, I have now become kind of an expert because again, I have somehow managed to have a cat problem. Uh, but feral cats, I am learning, really don't warm up to to humans quickly, if at all. Now I haven't been here for very long, but I'm, and I've, I've been pretty, pretty good about feeding these cats just once a day. That's it. I just give them a little food and then, you know, I cut off their supply. I, again, I'm not, I'm not too bad. Um, but I've tried to, especially with these kitties. I mean, I, I, you know, when there's kitties involved, it's really hard to do anything cruel and unusual. So, and kitties are cute, right? Grown up to be cats. I'm not as much as a fan, but kitties, everybody loves kitties. So, I've tried to bond with these kitties and there was an unfortunate episode a few weeks ago where one of these kitties got caught in a net that was left out and literally almost hung itself to death as I am furiously trying to cut through the through the netting and once I get it done, I mean, it's taking me 15, 20 minutes and I'm trying to trying to keep the netting from around its neck and and cutting through it and making sure that that I keep this kitty alive. The horror the thought that this kitty might get, you know, choked to death was just terrifying me finally get the kitty released and, and its foot gets caught uh, as it's trying to run away. So I've got to pull its foot back. Meanwhile, it's hissing at me. I've just saved its life, but its foot is still caught and it's trying to pull away and it's hissing at me. You know, it's kind of cute, but this little kitty is hissing at me as I'm trying to get it undone. And as soon as I get it done, it darts off and, and, uh, you know, no thank you, right? There's no, oh, thank you so much. Let me just purr and climb into your lap. No, done. And even after that, I tried to, I, I know knew what color it was. And so I tried to, I tried to look for it. I, I've tried to see, okay, well maybe there's a bond as I'm holding this, this little kitty's life in my hands. Maybe, maybe it it's, there's some type of attachment that's going to develop and it won't run away from me and it'll let me pet it and maybe hold it. It has not. And I'm discovering that these feral cats, they, they really don't, even as kitties, potentially warm up to you unless there's an early, early bonding and an early, early attachment. Well, this, back to this cat under my crawl space, I knew that it was going to, and I was looking around, I didn't quite go in, but I'm looking everywhere to see if there's any other kitties. All I could see is this, this big cat. Now I know it wants out, but I'm also blocking its only way out. But the only way to get it out is to stay close enough to the door so that once it gets out, I can shut the door and keep it from getting back in there. So I grab the flashlight and I grab, I, I grab a little bowl of, of cat food and I, I come out, come to the door and I just start to call it very, very nicely, you know, come on, come on, kitty. And I, um, it starts to inch its way forward. I mean, it's, it's almost textbook the way it, it moves forward almost from one beam down, down there to the next and then back. It's as if it's taking two steps forward carefully, looking around, looking at me, and then one step back. I'm shaking the food in the bowl at it to say, it's okay, I, I really don't want to hurt you. I just want to get you out of my crawl space. And and so finally, I, I, I'm even taking some of the cat food and I'm, I'm just kind of tossing it under the crawl space and, and hoping to, to get it to kind of inch its way forward. You know, picture any type of scene on a movie where you're trying to get, you know, an animal or maybe even a a baby or somebody, Uh, let's say it's a a kid to to come forward there in where they're not supposed to. And it's like, I've got a piece of candy. If you will only come forward and you're inching your way back as you're holding out the candy, I'm trying to do that. Um, And so I toss a little in and then I wait and I, I call for it. And again, it's, it's, it's moving slowly up. But then it it goes back and it reaches a point maybe about halfway and then it hears a noise and it goes back. And I I just wait and I leave the door open and I toss a little bit more and I toss a little bit more of the food on the outside and I step back even more on the outside thinking, okay, maybe I've got to move back from this, this, this entrance so that it doesn't see me blocking it. I've got to put enough space between me and it to for it to think that it's safe to get outside of this of this crawl space. And so I, I move back, and I I eventually even put the bowl down. And I and again I'm still watching, and it, it's very dark, so I can't I can't go too far back because then I can't see into the hole. And I keep every once in a while kind of going forward to see where it's at. And it's still moving its way forward. It wants to come out. It's hungry. It wants the food. And I know that I can't yell and charge at it. I know that um, it probably wouldn't do me any good to crawl in there and start running around and chasing it out. And first of all, I don't want to. And (laughs) I don't know what else is in there, so I'm, I'm okay with keeping my distance outside and trying to get it out without having to go in without any other type of weaponry or person with me who can, you know, protect me if I get trapped or, or by something else. And so uh, I, I, and I keep trying to call to it reassuringly and, and, and call to it just, just carefully. And, 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 um, and again, kind of rattle the food and, and it, It's slowly working its way forward again. It's it's going from you know beam wood beam to wood beam, and it's kind of looking around and it's looking at me. It it was about 20 minutes of waiting, and looking and and calling to it and then stepping back, and then stepping back, again and and again and finally it reaches this cat reaches the edge of the opening and it's reached almost reached the edge a couple of times but reaches the edge of the opening and it it puts its paws up on the ledge and it looks up and it's i can tell that it's smelling and it's it's got its radar up it is it's it is waiting for anything it's trying to make sure that it is completely safe before it comes out of its of its place. And as I've been watching these these cats and again trying at least to be able to I know I know it was it was probably a bad idea to begin with to even try to bond with the kittens otherwise I wouldn't be able to get rid of them either but they didn't ever let me bond. There were a couple times I tried to help them to a certain bowl or pick them up and and pet them and and it didn't work. They were gone. They've never let me bond with them. And after, you know, months of watching them and seeing how they interact, I I I could tell that that it is it's slowly creeping out. It's waiting for any sense of danger and, and any movement on my part, I mean it doesn't take much to scare them away. They're gone in a second if I come out there and, and I move something. They're out of there and they're watching from a, from a scared distance. It steps out and it puts its, its paws on the ledge and it's looking up and it's smelling. <laughs> and all of a sudden it's, I think its wife comes, you know, bounding down and goes up to it. And then they both go back inside and they're kind of, you know, sniffing each other. It totally looked like they kissed. I promise I'm not making any of this up it's like these, you know, these, these, um, this, this married couple of cats. And, um, and, and I'm thinking, oh, no, now I've got two cats in there. No, like, get out of there. So the, the female cat, she goes back in a little bit, and I think she's sniffing around. And, and again, I'm hoping that she's not, you know, discovering, you know, sadly, uh, the, the bodies of, of kitties, but she's kind of smelling around, sniffing around, and the, the male cat, and I step back again, because I tried to raise my voice, and say, "Nope, get out of there, that didn't work, Uh, so I step back again, and I'm shaking the, 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 the food, and the male cat comes again, and it, and pauses again, but then comes out, bounds out, and, darts away. it it it's once it gets outside, it it doesn't even bother to go to the food that I've left for it. It just goes away, bounds up the porch and it's it's it gets to the other food. So here I am then stuck with this other cat, the female cat under, and I'm thinking, great. now is she gonna hang out down there? And I'm I'm tempted to do the same thing. as she, she has been more responsive the male is typically never really let me pet it or try Um, and the female kind of is moving around and i step back again and i'm saying come on come on and eventually it, it it too does the same thing it it pauses at the entrance of the door and it it waits and then it too comes out and it 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 doesn't bother with me, isn't scared of me, but just kind of trots away and literally is reunited with, with its mate up there and, and the other few kitties. And it's kind of, I'm wondering, you know, thinking this, this male cat, is it kind of like it's been, been in jail for, for a few days and, oh, dad is, dad has been released. And of course I quickly shut the door. I don't see any other movement and, I guess I will find out soon if there's anything else down there. I'm hoping not, but shut the door and, and hopefully I've resolved at least for the moment, these cats underneath, underneath my crawl space. And I was amazed as I watched the behavior of, of this particular cat. And again, like, like textbook, meaning it, I knew it wanted to come out and I knew it was hungry because it stopped to eat the food that i the few pellets that i had tossed in there it stopped to eat it could smell it and i knew it wanted it but it was scared to come out and it wasn't going to trust me even though i had been feeding it i know but even though i had been feeding it for all of these months it still had not built up a sense of trust it 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 still was at a point where it was unwilling to trust that I wasn't going to harm it. And what came to mind through all of this and really just studying this behavior and unfortunately having to spend 20 minutes outside coaxing a, a cat to come out of my crawl space was just the power of, of our nature. And all of us... Have a a default nature uh, p- partly coming from environment and and uh, nature, our surroundings, our, our rather nurture our surroundings, how we were raised, the family in which we were born. And the other part is that nature part, the the part of us that is biological that is our genes, our genetics, our predispositions, our personalities. There's a whole part of us that was indeed created to be who we are. And within the Christian faith, that part of us, the part of us that that decays, that deteriorates, that is untrusting, that struggles, that that pulls us away or tempts us away from the true goodness and the abilities with which we are created is that is that negative default nature it's that part of us that that is too untrusting it is that part of us that will do things that are not good for us even though um, even though we we know better. it is that part of us that that we struggle to overcome, that that default part of us that is in the process of regeneration. It takes a long time to work through, overcome and to, to allow the spiritual formation process to take place paul the apostle in the letter to the philippians he says this in philippians two twelve. he says continue to work out your salvation for it is god who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose Continue to work out your salvation. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. I like to think of it as, as we are working outwardly, as we are doing things outwardly. And and this is where we believe in the spiritual practices of, of not just being in intentional community with other Christians, but in, in meditating on scripture and reading scripture and prayer and fasting and silence and solitude and, and other journaling, other spiritual practices, that as we do that outwardly, and as we do that as an act of surrender and obedience, God is at work inwardly that as we work out god works in god is the only one who can transform the degenerate part of us the part of us that is broken that is that is fallen as we refer to the 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 sinful nature he is the only one that can restore and regenerate what has become degenerate and it is a process that takes a lifetime and beyond i am i am one of the one of the people who believes that our spiritual formation process will continue to take place even in heaven i know that messes with some people's theology but um, I think that our spiritual growth is ongoing, and that in this life, that part of us that is uh, uh, that is that is constantly fighting to not grow, that is pushing back, that is resisting that change, that is resisting um, the the work that God wants to do in us, that part is in a constant struggle and fight to push back against the work that God is doing inside of us. When I think of these cats and, and these kittens, and, and I, it's only been a few months, maybe if I spent years doing it, which I do not care to do, by the way, I'm just not that much of a cat or animal person. I'm not, I'm not interested in spending years trying to figure out how to get these cats to bond with me. I'm good. Uh, but it's interesting that, and maybe if I had held the cat, the kittens when they were born, maybe, and if I had allowed them in the house, maybe there would have been more bonding. But even that the, the, um, the care and attention to at least give them food and water, to be nice, to call to them and to, to try to pet them, that there is no taming of that feral side of them with those efforts. That any taming of a feral cat or of a feral animal requires so much work. And I I that feral part of these these animals, it to me it just it really reflects that that feral and broken and part of us that is resistant to the love of God and the transformation of God and the sanctification work of God in us. And that part of us will always be there until we reach that point where the sanctification work is complete. And again, so many different theologies debate this and it's okay Uh, and we can debate forever. All I know is that everybody I know has a part of them that is still unregenerate, that is still unregenerated, that is still degenerate, that is still, if left to its own devices, would pull itself backward and not allow itself to be transformed and changed, to be tamed by the love and the grace and the power of God. It takes time. And even in the times when it feels like there's no progress being made, even in the times when it feels like we've taken steps backward, even in those moments where it feels like we are caught in a storm or no movement is, is happening, trusting that God is actually at work inside of us, even in those moments, as we walk in surrender. There are times and moments when we feel stalled, feel stalled. And maybe it's because we aren't, we aren't in process or walking and step with the spirit and allowing the Holy Spirit to do a work in us. We're stalled because we are not participating and engaging and intentional about the process. But there are other parts when it feels that we are stalled. but God is actually still doing something. We may be participating and wanting and desiring and seeking and we are still still stalled. Whether we are stalled by our own um, inactivity or stalled, because we are in a place of waiting, I still believe that even in both of those moments, God can be at work and will be at work if we allow. That part of us that needs to be tamed, that needs to be loved and nurtured and regenerated to reflect the fruit of the Spirit, as Paul talks about in Galatians 5, that that fruit, that part of us that is in need of healing and wholeness, it takes time and it takes surrender and it takes a willingness to trust that God's best for us is truly his best. In this situation, I really did want that cat out of there for its own sake. It wasn't a loud cat. I certainly didn't know that it was there. It wasn't causing noise or problems. I wanted it to come out so that it could eat, so that it didn't die in there. As much as I am not uh, wanting to develop a cat farm, I certainly don't want it to be hurt or harmed or injured. And in no way does my very small concern for this cat compare to the immense and powerful love of God that is, that wants to be at work and wants to shower us with grace in our lives. As you and I, as we journey with this, in this life together uh, with God, or even is in our struggle to understand what God's love and grace means it is allowing God to be a part of those moments to tame it is it is trusting him even when it is scary to do so even when our nature the part of us that is unregenerate wants to pull us back even when that we are not our surroundings we can't trust our surroundings we can't know for certain what is happening that if we will only step out and trust and allow and surrender, that God will do that work inside of us. Continue to work out your salvation, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose, to become like him according to his purpose, and that he is best for us, the best that he has created us to be. Is way better than anything else that we could ever imagine. Well, thanks for joining me in my in my uh, rant a little bit on on these cats that are plaguing me. I'll keep you updated. Hopefully, I won't have any have any more horror stories uh, for you. But would love to hear your thoughts um, and to have some some really uh, really powerful stories and soul stories coming some some just incredible people and so stay tuned for that but would love to hear your thoughts on this uh, podcast and your reflections so feel free to email me or post a comment in any of these apps but email me at the nefesh podcast at gmail.com all right and i will talk to you next time